Hello, hello, everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, Remy. I'm your other co-host, V. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast. Hi, V. Hi. So this week, we are talking about uh, Season 15, Episode 5, Proverbs 17.3. Yeah, we've gone with a Bibli title for the first time ever? Question ooh, mark? Who, 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 who? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I don't have 300 odd episode titles memorized, <laughs> but I believe there was a trivia page who said, this is from the Bibli, first time. First time. They uh, didn't call it Bibli, whoops. I I wrote down the proverb and, and looking it up, it was like, of course, of course I have seven hundred different translations and versions of this line this single line well yeah it's kind of a famous book all have different wording and which one do i choose i was trying to remember it and i was like i'm not even going to blaspheme in that manner (laughs) wait well well this episode our fifth episode of season 15 don't panic. Uh, it was written by Steve Yaki and directed by uh, Richard Spate Jr. Both excellent names to be hearing. Yeah. And and let's take a moment because this is Steve Yaki's final episode uh, yeah. with Supernatural. He he left the show after after writing this episode. And we can only hope he's doing amazing things right now. Mm-hmm. We we hope we hope for good things. Yes. And the description for this episode reads: uh, Sam and Dean's routine case turns out to be anything but. Which is like the least amount of information <laughs> they could give us in the most tantalizing way. They they did that last week too. I don't know what the uh what the description was exactly, but I think it was also just like a single sentence that wasn't very informative. And I feel like this one had so many different pieces of insight to it that mm-hmm. going into it was like, okay, what is this episode going to be? Right, right. We talked about it last night on our after talk. We were like coming into this Every single new thing that you learned about this episode, the week leading up to the episode, it it just threw you for a complete loop. Like, wait, I thought the episode was this, but this doesn't seem like that. So is it this? No, wait, but this says that. And yeah. this, that, and the other. Every How do we thing. put this all into one gumbo pod? Like, right, right. Oh, this is a promo photo of Dean and Sam from... 1003 what the fuck yeah so yeah it, it this is this uh i didn't know what to expect from this episode and what i did expect from this episode i definitely didn't get not in a bad way it just again it, this episode threw me for a complete loop yeah there's no way you could have anticipated or expected what was going to happen absolutely but uh, I think we've done enough teasing. Maybe we should jump in. <laughs> Wait, one more teaser. One more teaser. Do so, it. so this episode title is Proverbs seventeen three, and from 
a Bible, one of the versions. <laughs> <laughs> one of the good books. Uh, the, this proverb is um, the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Oh, man. And yeah, you're putting words like crucible, furnace, and then God, like, okay, cool. So we're going to be entering into a marathon from the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, now you have me really just, what, what does it mean with with that little piece of trivia on this is the first and only episode of 300 episodes that is is a pull from the bible and yeah. and it's that and i mean that's not that itself is not very informative if you ask me like what does it mean it straight up just feels like okay this is how good people are tested you know yeah this is what forges a person it's i mean it's a test I probably should have had more to that thought <laughs> no no it, i mean that what what it's saying is the furnace for gold and a crucible for silver to test the purity of these things but for for us for people the lord tests the heart and i think that this is our kickoff of the Lord, aka God, is now testing you. Yeah, that there are trials and tribulations afoot, and how are you going to work your way out of them? Yeah, but uh, now who are you going to be at the end? Ahead, yes, yes. What will you be forged into? Mm-hmm. Woof, woof, woof. Okay, so now we can start the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we are starting off in Black Forest, Colorado, where there are three friends glamping. And from the sounds <laughs> of it, this is their 11th year straight that they've been doing this. Yeah. Yeah. They are toasting uh, their their 11th trip out, their friendship, their futures. And one of the girls doesn't seem too too jazzed. No, because the celebration is centered around the fact that they've all just graduated. But the kind of downer Ashley is saying that she's coming out of it feeling less certain than they are. They have jobs lined up, whereas she doesn't see a future that's quite so bright. Right. She's like, you guys got jobs you guys are leaving and i'm here stuck with a philosophy major as an uber driver yeah and the one friend julie is kind of like well you shot yourself in the foot with that one but the (laughs) other friend is like come on that's not you don't do that you chose the harder path is how she puts it instead right and and uh, the the other two are just come on Ashley cheer up this is fun and we have, have some alcohol yeah have some rum spiced rum infused with cinnamon I think it was I think so yeah homemade and like found from a podcast so <laughs> I feel very represented in that moment represent mm-hmm. So yeah, they're trying to lift their spirits now, but then there's this crashing noise in the forest outside, and Ashley's worried. The other two are trying to be like, it's a deer, but that's not enough to assure her. Yeah, Julie gets up and she says, 
I'll prove it. I'm going to get more rum. And I'm like, why is the rum outside? But okay. <laughs> and and uh, Julie goes outside of the tent and and there is a crash and a scream and some gnarly noises following. Yeah. We get the snarling, chewing noises happening right now. Oh, and yeah. Uh, this unnamed friend, I don't know, but she, she, it's fine. It's fine. Ashley's like, we are not fucking doing anything. Oh and the tune changes pretty damn quick because this friend gets up to try and quietly zip the tent closed. Like this fucking tarp fabric is going to protect you from whatever makes chewing noises like that. But anyways, she gets close to the door. She grabs that zipper pull and then she's promptly pulled out of the tent and it's time for Ashley to give us our good old blood curdling scream title card yeah we made it this is supernatural baby <laughs> and we're kind I of love, like real wendigo vibes oh sorry oh no go ahead yeah real wendigo vibes I, I definitely I definitely got that that's what I was thinking um Especially since I knew from the um, preview for this ep that we were calling back to, you know, wildlife and fisheries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like Blackwater Ridge, Black Forest, we're uh going again, just picking a little bit of the nostalgic cues. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to say that uh, I loved Pigtails's, our unnamed friend. Uh, (laughs) I I loved her... Julie, are you okay? <laughs> Did the big oh. deer come get you? Like, oh, oh honey, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Title card. Yes. And we start off afterwards with Sam, and he's packing up a duffel bag on the war room table. He puts a shotgun into it, and then he's kind of subtly checking his phone right. for messages but there's been no response to this long list of texts that he's been sending to Cass. Oh, I'm so here for it. My heart. I'm like Sam, you're we, so good. He's so good. We have at least a dozen texts that's just various iterations of, "Hey, Cass, worried about you. Are you okay? Are you are, are do you need us?" Uh where are you? But, oh man, the one that got me was was Sam saying, hey, yeah, didn't know that you were going. Yeah, didn't realize you were taking off. Like, yeah. That also tells us that maybe he's not getting the full story from Dean either. Because Do you think he would? Of course not. Yeah. Dean would just be like, I don't know, he just said he was taking off. You know, that's as much as I think Dean would give to it, because if Dean gave any more than that, it would be a conversation with Sam. And as far as I can tell, Dean just doesn't want to think about it, doesn't want to talk about it. So, of course, he's going to pick the route that he can avoid explaining what actually happened. Right. I mean, I so wish that we had gotten that conversation, maybe last episode, um, where Sam just kind of looks around like, wait, Where's Cass? And and yeah, Dean would just shut it down. He'd be like, he's gone. He left. Yeah. He said yeah. he said he had to he said it was time to move on. 
he he didn't want to be here anymore. And- well, not even maybe putting it that far because I don't think that um Sam's text really reads that deep. It, no. To me seems like Dean's just said, I don't know, the guy took off. I don't know when he's coming Ugh. back. I don't know anything. Like that's the level I think that's my understanding or my read of it at least. Oh, we got a piece of that at the very end of this episode from Dean when, you know, we bring up Cass again later and, um, and, and it's just Dean basically shrugging his shoulders and saying, Hey, he didn't answer his phone. What are we going to do? Yeah. Oh man, Dean, I want to hit you sometimes, but it's okay. And like what we can talk about it then, Uh but Dean just being like, I don't know, we left him a message. That's as much as we can do. Again, just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much that we could talk about. But, like, Sam, bless you. I love, again, we have kind of the three prongs of this tripod. And Dean and Sam and Dean and Cast him to be the ones that get the focus so having this little moment of Sam and Cass, their friendship, their relationship, kind of getting the subtle nod. I love it. Chef's kiss. Right, right. I mean, I loved how you put it earlier um, in one of our talks. We have so many. But <laughs> you said Sam, Dean, and Cass are a triangle. And and we, you know, have that Dean Sam connection. We have that Dean Cass connection, but the Sam Cass connection is something that exists and it is what completes the circle. So the, the triangle, the triangle, <laughs> the so. rectangle. No, it's a triangle. <laughs> completes the circuit. Then yes, yes, that's where we get our stability. Is when we know that all three angles are there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Dean, Dean enters, Dean enters, yes. and I want Sam so bad. I want so bad for him to just turn around, and be like, put the phone in his face. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> but it seems like it's a covert thing. Like he doesn't yeah. want Dean to know that he's perhaps worried about Cass, and so he tucks it away. And Dean just starts talking about his supply run and that he picked up some ghost pepper jerky. And um, Sam's kind of like, are you, are you sure about that? <laughs> and despite Sam's warning, Dean does take a bite and just promptly begins to melt down. Oh, it's a, it's a slow implosion. Oh. And it's so funny. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, we got Sam kind of knowing mm-hmm. where this is going. And we have Dean trying so hard to hide how affected he is. And like looking away. Nope, no, I'm fine. And Sam props yeah. out. He trots out the water bottle. And he's like, oh, this is a nice thing to have here. I'll just drink it. And Dean's <laughs> like bangs the table silently asking for it yeah yeah he taps out and and i and i loved his like his initial because you know how it is when you have something that spicy like it starts and then it builds and then it just annihilates and and but i i i really so loved when he took that first bite and he's like no it's good i really like the flavor this is 
this is tasty. Yeah. To not Just sin. briefly looks back, goes, <gasps> comes back. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he gets the water bottle. He downs half of it in a single gulp. Like, he is not breathing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And the other half he saves to pour over his whole face. <laughs> I, we had a couple of cuts to Sam and Jared was fucking turning red. He was trying so hard not to break. <laughs> it was um, hilarious. And it's just like their personalities in a nutshell too. Like we have Dean with a known problem trying not to admit it, trying to act like everything's cool and non-verbally asking for help <laughs> to escape the situation. And like Sam lets him get away with it, but he kind of yanks his chain for a while there too. He drags it out before helping Dean escape this thing he's gotten himself into. Yeah. And you said, you said like Sam is standing there Use your words. Use your words, mm-hmm. Dean. And 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 Dean just you know valiant trying to hold it in, but um, but yeah, it was really it was really great how how uh, Dean's trying to like move on from this moment, and he starts spitting out some syllables that we assume are. <laughs> Some words and and Sam's just um I'm sorry what I didn't I didn't quite catch that can you repeat that and Dean is asking after the mountain lion case yes what's the latest news and right it's not three dead anymore it's five and right so what are we doing waiting here yeah yeah Dean says uh I'm 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 gonna go pack. And then spits out whatever half-chewed mess. That gray chunk of jerky that oh, was left. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, 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 so they have this mountain lion, quote-unquote mountain lion, three dead case on their radar, Colorado. And it has now, the death count has now tallied Upgraded. five. Yeah. And, um... And they're, you know, ready to jump on it. This is definitely something to check out. Yes. So we have an abrupt change to the bunker. And we gain quickly this impression that it's a dream or something. It's similar to what we've seen in glimpses before. Yeah. But we have the 2009 version of Dean versus the white-suited Sam as Lucifer that we saw in the end episode. Yep. Yep. We have Lucifer, Sam, and Dean with the cult, and Dean slowly approaches Sam, or Lucifer, uh, in the bunker. So we're still in the bunker, but uh, Dean approaches behind Sam, raises the cult, says, forgive me, and then shoots him point blank in the back of the head. Yep. An execution style shot. And at first, Sam as Lucifer keels over. But then he sits up and his eyes glow as the wound heals. And then Sam as Lucifer is just not even looking to Dean at this point and just going like, poor faithful Dean. We both know it had to end this way. Yeah, which is which is, you know, 
very similar verbiage to what we saw in the end that Lucifer Sam saying we would always end up here. Yes. And, and like you said, not even sparing Dean a glance. Uh, We have a tick of the chin and then Dean goes up in flames and dies. Yes. And Lucifer here turns his cheek towards the warmth but that's about mm. all the acknowledgement he gives to what has just happened yep <sighs> and snap back to the real world where sam wakes up from this dream and he's in the impala and dean is kind of ribbing him for falling asleep it's a long drive and um Dean's offering to analyze this bad dream that Sam had, but Sam's just assuring that he's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam says bad dream and Dean says again. So there's Mm -hmm. some, you know, history there. Sam has been struggling with this. We saw it before, but Dean is also aware that Sam has been struggling with this. Yeah, just not the depths, as you can see. Dean's trying to get a little more glimpse into what's going on, and Sam's not budging. No, no, he's just, I'm fine, and he turns away. Yeah, so this long drive presumably goes through the night, and in the next day, they have parked outside of the sheriff's office, and... I'm, like, baffled because they, <laughs> the front of this building is pretty much entirely glass. Uh-huh. And they decide here is the perfect place to dress up as officers of fish and wildlife. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I'll i buy it that they're basically, like, quote-unquote, suiting up right outside the building. Um, because all they do is put on a baseball cap in a in a jacket so they just cosplay as bobby i know i know but it it to me when i was watching this it read to i'm like the boys are getting sloppy again like we saw in the last episode atomic monsters how they went through the motions and were just kind of grabbing at the first thing and to me this moment here spoke of more of the same Oh, we're just going to park in front of the sheriff's office and then in view of everyone inside of this building, dress up into this outfit and then come in. Like, it's going to attract attention, you'd think. Yeah. Rifle through our uh, box of badges and pull out our wildlife and fisheries. And the fucking baseball cap just has like a picture on a fish on it. And I'm like, yep, seems legit. You look like government men with that. I know, right? And the Impala, too. I have a scene later with the Impala. I'm like, this cover isn't fishy at all. (laughs) It's totally fishy. So, so, so uh, Sam did ask, so what's, what's the story, feds? And Dean says, no, 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 no. This week we are going as uh, Mark Hamill and Dean Ford, Mm -hmm. wildlife and fisheries. They're the IDs, the personas that they took on in Wendigo. So again, big nods going Uh on there. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're kind of ribbing each other over the pictures on these IDs. Like, Sam looked like a baby still in his. And Dean is insisting that he looks exactly the same. Nothing's changed compared to his ID. And there is 
so much in that line. Yeah. I mean, there's the surface level of, of you know, they're just ribbing each other about their old ID photos. And, like, vain Dean is vain. Yeah. But then also we have photo or we have this pool and sam says stuff like oh that's a deep cut like that's a deep pool and dean is saying what i look exactly the same nothing has changed nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we're looking at episode two of the whole series and now and 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 saying hey look nothing has changed from then yeah. and now i'm just the same which we know is obviously not true, but it is a theme that has been running super strong through the last couple of episodes. These yes. throwbacks. Going back to that ground zero. Yeah. Look at all of the, like, this is who we are. This is where we're at. And this episode really throws that nothing's changed element into the spotlight and actually tells us how wrong that is. Yeah. Both for our characters to be perceived that way and assumed that way. And also for spoilers, not spoilers, Chuck and his perception of who Sam and Dean are. Yes. Yes. Like you said, we are putting it under the spotlight and exposing it for for how wrong and unfitting it is for our characters now yes these stories that chuck thinks are so clever yes and are really going back to these elements that fit sam and dean at a different point in their lives but don't fit them anymore yep yep we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> For now, we have the sheriff meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And so they go in, flash their badges, and she does a double take at Dean's ID, which is just hitting that, again, vain ego. Love to see it. I I want to I wanna take a moment because we, we've t- touched on it like twice, but, but, but we haven't here put context to it where one of your running theories for this episode and you know the next few episodes is that hero debuff or not a hero debuff but the winchesters losing their hero buff yeah i'm not the only one who's referring to it that way i'm assuming Uh but the way that the hero of the story tends to get away with not having to worry about the small details, you know? You don't see a story where the hero is using the bathroom or has the flu or gets a flat tire or gets food poisoning. Yeah. And so what I've been expecting or at least really hoping to see is how that element might have been at play in a way that Sam and Dean never really realized was there. Because I think even Andrew Dabb spoke about how they wanted to play with that perception and how their lives have been made easier without even realizing it because of Chuck's attention. Yeah, yeah. And and I really like that for this episode because, you know, later we even uh, talk about how the Winchesters are in Chuck's favor, but now they have fallen out of Chuck's favor. And what does that mean for them being in this, this maze? Uh, 
and being in this story, I guess. Um, yeah. But here, I mean, Dean's face when that cop, like, questions him, you know, we can read it as vain Dean is vain, but but I was also like, ooh, man, you just got called out. Yeah. And, like, this, to me, was a great moment to start wondering about that hero's buff and if they've been debuffed. Because, again, they just straight up dressed up as these pseudonyms outside the front window. And then they come in, (laughs) flash the badge, and are assuming to just go. And we had a slight snag, just this little tug that kept things from running smoothly. But I'm interested to see if that tug turns into a point where the stitches get ripped out and that seam is torn. I was I was also thinking about it in last episode where we said like every single person that Sam and Dean talked to in Atomic Monsters as they're working this case, like they stand out as other and as like they don't fit there and 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 what we were saying at the time was um oh they're just getting lazy and they don't care they or or they're going through the motions yeah they're just going through the motions and they can't properly you know smile and fake it right now so so they are pinging as inappropriate or off in their, you know, cover to mm-hmm. to all of these people, Bailey and Veronica and and the um Oh, I was doing so well. Janet. Did you see all those names? You were doing so I good. <sighs> I was gonna go for the last name, so I I, I don't even remember what Janet's and Henry's and Billy's last Whitman. name was. Whitman The Whitmans. Yes. So and with the Whitmans it was um, so I noticed it last week how, like, they don't seem in the groove so much in the groove as they usually are when they're working these routine yeah. hunts. And, and here it's a, it's a slightly different vibe on that, why you're not really passing right now, but I yeah. think it's still an element that's in play. Yeah. I hope we get to see it highlighted, but for the moment, we're getting a little glimpse at it. Uh And we get some really quick exposition happening here. The sheriff basically flat out says, no, we don't think it was a mountain lion. It's not a psychotic bear. It's not an animal. It was just too clean. The heart's missing, and whoever did this has got to be a monster. So... We kind of are going, okay, bing, bong, boom, thank you for all of these details. It's got to be something that we're looking for. And she gives them the case file information and also the name of a witness to the last attack, which was our Ashley Monroe. Yeah, yeah. And, well, one, this mountain lion in the corner is like... I'm living. I, I I was going to say giving me life. And I just, I love, I love her. It, it looks like a little tap dancer. Like it's going to give jazz hands. It has the mounty hat on it. I know. I'm, I'm like, this is so Canadian. <laughs> Someone found this stuffed cougar and was like, yes, uh, yes. Ducks pinned to the wall and a bear framing this mural beautiful oh it's beautiful beautiful (laughs) so ashley ashley monroe at the hospital um 
we cut straight there and we have Sam and Dean in her hospital room. There is a uh, nurse who is changing out Ashley's IV at the moment, but uh, Ashley is, she has a cut on her cheek. Otherwise she, you know, doesn't seem too injured. And, and she is just saying, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it just all happened so fast. And yeah. And she's very distraught and not really willing to talk. Yeah, she's really shaken about this. And we get this flashback of her running through the forest. So that tells us that she does have more to say. But she's kind of glancing over at the nurse. Like she doesn't want to speak in front of him. And so Sam does this subtle move to go ask the nurse a question. So they go out into the hallway, leaving Dean with Ashley for the interview. Yeah, yeah. And Dean and Ashley now alone, Dean, uh, it changes his approach a little bit to say, anything that you have to say, you can tell me. And believe me, it's not the weirdest thing I've heard. Yeah. And she still is kind of not willing to give out, but he just doubles down and lets her feel comfortable explaining that, It was a man, but it wasn't a man who attacked her. He had claws and fangs. Yeah, yeah. And and Dean sits down, actually, at her bed. And I I, I just liked how he approached this because, I mean, he was so gentle but firm. And and trying to be reassuring, and I think succeeding in being reassuring, when he says... Um, it was a werewolf that was a werewolf and Ashley instantly is just, no, no, I must've been, I must've been hallucinating. I, it, it, that it can't, it can't be. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck was in that rum? But, (laughs) but Dean says, no, monsters, werewolves, all of it, they're real and we hunt them and he's saying we can protect you if you tell us what did this well, yes we can not only avenge you but we can make pr- you safe. protect you we can keep you safe yeah. yeah so he's promising that they're going to handle this and so that flashback bit happens again we see ashley pinned up against a tree and this man drags a claw down her cheek and Let's her live on the promise that she will not tell anyone what happened to her. But yes. because Dean has reassured her so well, she drops the name of who this individual is, which is Andy May. Man, and Dean in this, he he does say, whatever you're worried about, whatever comes at you, we we will handle it. I promise you that. And I'm instantly, no, Dean, don't you know you're in a TV show? You can't. <laughs> you can't give promises. You can't give promises. I'm like, oh, no, I like this girl. You can't. Oh, Dean. What, <laughs> what did you just do? That's like a death sentence. <laughs> Uh, I did notice in this flashback also that Andy, uh, uh, no, wait. Yeah, it is Andy. Yep. Um, Werewolf Andy, we have good teeth now. <laughs> Better They're not prosthetics. bulging out. 
the the were pyres or the, whatever oh the God. fuck mon- uh, Michael's monsters were had mm-hmm. the worst teeth prosthetics last season. I I had many opinions. <laughs> opinions abound on those teeth. <laughs> but we we've we've pulled it back a little bit. So good good werewolf teeth. Speaking of Michael's monsters, when Sam and Dean reconvene in the hall here and they're going, okay, so it's a werewolf, but there was no full moon. So maybe it's pure bullets. I was sitting here thinking, like, what if it was like one of Michael's werewolves? Because they didn't have to follow the moon. So that's what immediately where mine went. My mind went. I was like, oh, are are we doing a callback to Michael's monsters? Oh, we so should have. That would have been so interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we know that there's no way that every... Wait, did 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 all of Michael's monsters, like, all die all at once? Let me just think about that. No. Like, like did his did his grace burn them out or something is what I was yeah. thinking. No. <laughs> I'm hoping not because Garth was amongst those ranks. And... Oh, shit! You're right! So I'm, as far as I'm concerned, the monsters are all still alive. They're just yeah. out there. Maybe they're not powered anymore. I don't really know how the grace works when the angel's dead, but. Mm-hmm. That, that, man, now I'm mad. I want, <laughs> it would have been cool if it was one of Michael's monsters. I'm going to, like, that's my head canon here is that's why they were able to wolf out whenever they wanted. But I don't know. It also is a testament to the story that's at play at here with them mm-hmm. so at any rate sam is going to go find an address for this andy guy and dean we are left with him looking in the window just where ashley is really upset still and you can see that like chaotic dad mode activate for him he's worried yes. about her yeah yeah he he will protect this girl yes and so we cut to the Impala driving up to this rustic as fuck cabin in the woods. <laughs> I and liked its shutters. I'm like, we've seen this cabin so many times, have we not? I don't know. I'm sure we have. I'm like, this style of cabin is the only style of cabin in the supernatural verse, as far <laughs> as I can tell. But they go to the door and they're still as their agents, they're officer outfits with the fucking fish hats and this guy named josh answers the door and they're asking andy oh no like that's my brother and so the two of them come out to see what the fuck sam and dean want yeah yeah josh answers the door and and they show their badges and josh takes another look at Dean's and says, is that supposed to be you? And Dean is so taken aback by these double takes. I mean, I just... Honestly, he's like, how can anyone question this? I'm like, this gag is good, but I'm also like, Jensen hardly looks like he's aged. Like, he... He's no longer the baby face, but he doesn't look old. Like... No, uh, we can see this photo that's on the ID. It looks exactly like Jensen. (laughs) Like Sam's Sam's yeah. photo. Sam's entire <laughs> like... face changed. So I think that makes it doubly funny that no one looks at Sam's but Dean's it's like <laughs> what uh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I like that. But um 
But yeah, we have Josh and Andy at the door and Sam and Dean are just asking some questions. Just, you know, have you seen this woman? She was attacked by an animal a couple of nights ago and have you seen anything suspicious? And and they're both like shifty shifty biscuits. Um yeah. but but uh, Andy is saying, well, um, yeah, we're out in the woods at night sometimes. Is there any way that we can help? And and uh, Josh is like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh would be sharply elbowing him if he could. Because Josh is just being dickish through this conversation. Yes. And clearly doesn't want the visitors, doesn't want them here. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, Andy, uh, to contrast that, is trying is being overly helpful. Yeah, one might say, and yeah, you get this sense that there's guilt or there's something sort yeah. of involved with his behaviors. Right, right. Even if we hadn't like literally just seen him in the flashback, <laughs> we yeah. But they're like, sorry, can't, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen anything. And Sam is, okay, okay. If, if, if anything crops up, why don't you give us your number so we can, we can give you a call. And Sam tries to hand Josh a notepad with a silver pin to yes. write down said number. And Josh says, oh, we don't have a phone. Bye. And shuts the door. Yeah. And as far as Dean's concerned, that door shuts and he's like, I say we shoot him right now. Like, I know. We got him. But before they can pursue that train of thought, his phone rings and it turns out to be a call from Ashley who needs to see them. And so they get pulled away. Right, right. When when Dean said, I say we shoot him right now. That's that's all the proof I need. I was like fucking war flashbacks from last episode honestly it goes back to that like oh i think we solved it like we didn't even actually confirm the silver burned them but uh we've got enough evidence in line so let's just take them out now yep yep and they're still ready to go but um but that call from ashley uh pulls them pulls them away for now so it's a it's a tbd yeah And so now inside of the cabin, Josh is berating Andy for the answers that he gave. And Andy is clearly upset that he's killed these girls. But Josh is saying that he's just upset that Ashley lived. Right. Andy was supposed to take care of her. uh, And Andy lied to Josh by saying that he killed her. But but Andy did let her go on a promise not to tell anybody. And Josh is just, well, we see how that worked out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And Andy's just saying, like, I never wanted to hurt people in the first place. Dad would never. And Josh cuts right in to say, Dad is dead. And it's this really poignant pause. And Josh softens a bit and says, okay, like, we'll, we'll stop. And he doesn't lie to Andy about things. He looks out for him. And this whole energy is just so... I've seen people sibling. calling it the Folgers commercial vibes. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, my gosh. Josh takes Andy's face in his hands to say, brother... I'm here for you always. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, we're pulling a very particular energy 
out here. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing that like, oh, I, I mean, I mean, so as soon as Andy and Josh start talking, I'm like, oh, it's the Winchesters. Okay. I get it. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here we go. Um, I'm like, we're, we're dad's drawing- dead. I'm like, okay. Yep. We're yeah, early yep. seasons. We're season two ish. Yeah. And, and that comes back to me on, you know, what Andy says later uh, at the, like, kind of confrontation of this episode uh when andy says you're a monster to josh because andy is not happy that josh has been killing these people um because dad would never you know mm-hmm. I-, I assume that you know this is a pure blood werewolf family and and they are isolated in the woods and they were brought up a certain way but now we have josh who is embracing his monsterhood and and andy's just not behind it and and we have andy saying you're a monster and and i have to stop you and i can't live without you but it just comes right back to me on that you know demon blood sam Mm -hmm. hunter dad john you could only ever be one thing i get it all right all right i see it yeah, the, the parallels are strong in this one. <laughs> okay, Sleepy Bear in. Yes. So the brothers have kind of placated each other, but they've agreed Ashley's got to go, right? And Andy looks stricken, but agrees. So yeah. off we go to Sleepy Bear Inn, as you say. And so at the Sleepy Bear Inn, Dean and Sam check Ashley in. They're like, okay, you can have our room. We'll go get a different one, but she's saying that she doesn't want to be left alone. Yeah, they well, well, so they bring Ashley into their room at the Sleepy Bear Inn, and Ashley is apologizing. She's saying, "I'm sorry, I just I didn't have anyone else to call." I assume she was just discharged from the hospital, um, and she's she's freaked out, right? She she doesn't want to be left alone. Dean is saying, um, Hey, look, you take this room. We'll get the room next door. Everything's going to be okay. We'll, we'll look out for you. And, um, and Dean has a little aside with Sam where he says, okay, well, she's going to, we're going to leave her here, but you know, we've got some business to take care of. Don't we wink, wink Mm -hmm. with, Mm -hmm. with the lumberjack twins out in the woods. And they, they say, well, the Winchesters say, okay, good night. Bye. But uh, Ashley says, wait, um, can can you just stay with me for a little while speaking to Dean just just until I go to sleep? I, I just I just can't be alone. Um, yeah. And and Dean Dean says, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and Sam, we see Sam in the background with like sympathetic face number four on mm-hmm. and just like yeah don't, yeah don't worry we're here for you yeah we're here for you and so dean is gonna stay with ashley and sam's gonna go um get that get that extra room yeah and in that little aside conversation sam indeed had sam went like this is this case is weird right like it's too easy and dean goes well easy's good i like easy but yeah they're they're getting the weird vibes kind of that they've just rolled into town and everything's been handed to them. Like they're sensing something afoot, but they have no idea what. Yeah. We're all getting the weird vibes. I mean, this is the, I like to think that uh, 
this episode here is intentionally following through with last episode and us the viewer we're sitting here and we're like this is weird this is not right this is not your quote-unquote routine case and and when i say that i'm mostly thinking about last episode um and how they just kind of flowed through it but but um here we have something similar but now Sam is kind of waking up a little bit, cluing in to say, wait, like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, last episode was very them going through the motions, but not with really any outside influence. Like, I've seen there being some debates as to whether or not Chuck had his hand in the mix with them during Atomic Monsters, and I just don't think so. No, I I absolutely agree. Uh, Chuck did not have any influence on that story. Yeah. But as we can see our characters reacting here, that if they feel something strange, then we're being told as audiences to keep an eye out as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just thinking too much about it on that. This is I do feel easy. like there's a, that similar flavor that was carrying through. Yeah. Last episode was more, I felt like, just Sam and Dean feeling like others and not really connecting with their job anymore. Yeah. And we can see that they continue that sort of, ener- like, going through the motions. And this upcoming conversation between Dean and Ashley puts further highlight on the going through the motions aspect. So the two episodes definitely carry similar energies. They're just looking at different elements within them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right that the next conversation uh, uh, fleshes that out a little bit more. Yeah. So Dean's agreed to stay with Ashley till she falls asleep. And mm-hmm. outside, we can see a old blue truck and Josh and Andy are in there. Andy has followed Ashley's scent here. They're going to take care of her. But but Andy goes, hey, you see the vehicle over there? Like, those two guys are here, too. And Josh says that we're good at quick and quiet. So they're going to be doing something anyways. Yeah. Oh, man, I totally forgot to mention, back at the cabin in the woods, this was that one Impala moment where we have um, Josh looking out the window at the brothers driving away on the fucking, like, dirt road in the middle of the forest in a classic car Impala. Yeah. And, like, 15 years, you would think that this car, like, 15 years of the show, but 40 (laughs) fucking years of existing... (laughs) You would think that beasties would go, mm, muscle car, we can't trust it. I know, right? There's got to be some sort of network where they're like, oh, the Winchesters were spotted out here again. We know everyone knows the Winchesters, especially if your father was a werewolf too. But mm-hmm, you but would think. Also, it's like wildlife and fisheries. What kind of car is that? <laughs> we go off-roading on this all the time. I know, right? I'm like, I hope it doesn't fucking rain. <laughs> Baby, you were not built for this. I love you, but no. You deserve cleaner pastures. Yes. So 
so uh yeah but now now they're they're lurking and and they are ready to take action yeah they're they're lurking yeah but we go back inside dean is slapping some water on his face and he returns to ashley and sits on the bed across from where she's kind of cuddled up yeah uh dean asks if she's okay and she says yeah i'm just i'm tired those those painkillers are doing their work and and I'm sitting here as a viewer like are you gonna sleep in your clothes? <laughs> she's got she's got like this high collared shirt and a long skirt and a tie. She and looks a little bit like a Girl Scout right now. She does that, but she's got her whole outfit on. Wait, does she have the hat on too? Yeah. Yeah, she's got a hat on. And she's like, just I'm just gonna go to sleep now. <laughs> and I thought that was I thought that was weird, but mm-hmm. but but she she she's tired and and she's you know grateful for Dean's company, and she's just tr- making conversation. Yeah, and like with hindsight, we can add more questions to this, but uh-huh. right now it's a little bit of, you know, we're bonding over painkillers. Now let's talk about jobs because we already know that she is kind of dreading the route that she sees ahead of her, where yeah. she has this degree and she's driving for Uber. And so she's asking Dean if he likes his job. And oh my God. Yeah. He he says, yeah, I do. And uh, Ashley asks, uh, well, have you ever wanted to be anything else? And he, he quips, Jimi Hendrix. They have a laugh. And then Dean says, no, no, I not really. I, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, yeah. And Ashley says, well, that's. That's nice. That must be nice. But, I mean, okay, so all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this is, I don't know how to feel about it. How do you feel about it? Tell me your thoughts. I took that I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I compared that to what we saw in Season 14, Episode 13, Lebanon, where... Sam and Dean were talking about if their lives were different and Dean with such conviction was saying like I am good with me I am good with you I am glad like who we are is who I am wanting us to be and how that has changed to now where he's saying I'm where I'm supposed to be it's very passive it's no longer feeling present in this identity like, he has really lost quite a bit of himself to this revelation that Chuck gave them, that their lives have been so scripted, even after they thought that they were free. And he is now just, like, he's saying, no, I like my job. I'm. It feels good to help people. And I think these things are true. But he's not saying them with any hurt or with any energy behind this. It's sort of by rote for him right now. I I like that a lot. That th- him saying, I'm where I'm supposed to be, is actually him uh, uh, being passive to 
his his feelings on the matter and it's a nod to i was put here yeah i'm where i'm supposed to be because i was guided to this place uh because when i first watched it when i went the second time i watched it me watching it i'm thinking wow he seems really like sure of this Mm -hmm. which read as a little flip floppy for me from you know the shock of what chuck has done and and uh, to me this conversation did call back to that episode 300 and it was the same kind of sentiments that he was expressing in 300 and I am looking at Dean. He is as sure in himself and his path here as he was in 300. But it didn't it didn't jive to me for him to still have that surety following the Chuck revelation. Yeah. So so that's where I was like, I'm like, yeah, I want Dean to be happy. I want him to like his job and I want him to feel that he is where he should be. But, but would he be saying these things yeah. with the yeah. you know winter that he just had? I I would say watch that scene and when his face changes, mm. if his face changes, because when she asks him if he likes his job, he just kind of looks this neutral, not bitch face, I guess resting okay face and then he just says yes i mean there's bad there's a lot of bad but it still feels good to help people his face isn't really showing any of that satisfaction or joy it just sounds like something he's saying yeah. because is he going to actually confess the truth to this girl like no is he even in a place where he really wants to face hard truths no he is tired with what has already happened and i think processing has been really to the point of okay we're free and that's all that i need to think about i don't have to think about things after that yeah and so uh, to me just i'm getting this read of dean being a little numb to his current reality that he just isn't ready to process it and make it into something new. He wants the comfort of what he has known, even if it's not comforting anymore. Yeah. I that's the kind of read that I wanted from it. Um, but you know, surface level didn't see as he's just sitting here talking to Ashley and 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 I am sitting on my couch. What? So, so, um, so I like that. Yes, that's, that's the kind of depth that I wanted from it. Um, but uh, on first viewing, didn't really. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. On first viewing, I was like, dude's happy. And then like, picture my eyebrows drawn down and like resting bitch face, but no active bitch face. I'm like, (laughs) This can't and, be the same boy. And even if it wasn't totally intentional on the script, you know, these are our backflips. I'm happy yeah. with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and, you know, Ashley says that's nice. It must be nice to be so sure. Yeah. And this is again, hearkening back to, you know, she, she feels aimless and she says as much. She talks about her friends and she talks about what she's lost and, 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 how she doesn't feel like she has anywhere to go from here. But Dean says, uh, you've got plenty of time and you're going to figure it out. And he's just being so reassuring and strong dad vibes, strong dad. He's got the parental energy with her and is just trying to reassure her. You know, I promise I'm looking out for you. I promise you got time. Like, don't feel like, just because you don't have it figured out now that you're fucked. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But Ashley is going, it just, it all feels so random and awful. And, like, wouldn't it just be great if it was all planned out for you? And my first watch, I, like, kind of <laughs> rear back a bit. And I'm like, hmm, this is a bit on the nose. Yeah. And Dean going, no, not really. Like, it, no, you don't want things to be all planned out for you. It sucks take it from me is kind of the energy he's giving i'm like hmm, yeah we're not really showing subtext here are we guys like this is a strong parallel and then uh, this episode continues <laughs> right right but but this this dialogue i mean it, it it's definitely yeah it's definitely something that supernatural has done before like with with those heavy-handed parallels in the dialogue or like the the B plot or the the monster of the week story and it's like oh, okay yeah hey we have the lumberjack twins over there okay exactly but but um and then and then with this line I was like okay or what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> just you wait that's yeah. what like Yaki's just sitting there it's the um. It's the gif of the Wicked Witch from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> and she's just disappearing into the cellar door, like cackling as she shuts it on her head. It's that <laughs> gif. That's Yaki, though, right now. He's like, hey. Oh, my God. Just, just wait. Just All right. wait. So from Dean's little somber, no, not really. We pan over to the clock and we see the time jump from 9 p.m. to after 1 in the morning. And Sam is here and he is shaking Dean awake and they both like, okay, where's Ashley? And like he he has no idea kind of yeah. what has just happened. Yeah, yeah. He, she was just here. She was with me. And, and Sam is, Dean what the hell i just went off to get some food and i came back the door was open and 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 ashley's gone yeah dean dean is saying like okay we we gotta fucking go she was just here yeah and so the clearest source of trouble that they can think of is that cabin and so they immediately go to find her and they head out in that direction yeah, and we kind of pick up right where we left off when we cut to the next scene. We have Sam and Dean at the cabin getting out of the Impala, and oh no, wait, we have the murder trailer first. I'm bad. I'm it's bad. Fine. <laughs> Linear time. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, okay. So with murder trailer from from Sam and Dean leaving the uh, the the motel, uh, we have a brief scene of Ashley tied to a chair, gagged. 
and we have the brothers, Andy and Josh, in this fucking torture room with blood splattered yeah. over all the walls. I don't know why this is here. <laughs> gotta smell bad. We just, we we had a conversation with the sheriff on how, like, the kills were too clean and nothing was missing and it was just the hearts. But then we have this weird murder room. Okay. With all these tools around. Ugh. I'm bones, like, literal bones, just lining the table, and I'm like supernatural. You, you fuckers, you have us set up in such a way that we can always go and like. Did Chuck do this? Is this Chuck? No, I'm going to have so many thoughts on what yes. what Chuck has a hand in versus what Chuck does not have a hand. Yes, in. I can't because wait to get into that. That is a big big question it's always been a big question but it's not it's now a relevant question it's very pertinent and and i have opinions so (laughs) i'm ready to share them later yes but in this murder room andy is still protesting he doesn't want to go along with what josh is doing he says that's not who they are but josh is just adamant it's exactly who we are oh yeah and outside we have the impala pull up and dean climbs out and he's just being insistent that there's no way these guys could have gotten the jump on him like there's no way that they could have snuck in removed ashley from his room without him hearing anything and not woken him up yeah 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 he's continuing with that what the fuck yeah that we just saw from the from the motel room yeah, and like the weird vibes that they had before, this fits in with the weird vibes again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're walking to the to the cabin, and Ashley screams, and they the brothers hear it, and they then charge, knock down the door, and we we're getting these quick cuts between the murder room and uh Sam and Dean, but. Back in the murder room, uh, Josh and Andy hear the the door break down. They bolt. They go out. And then um, Sam and Dean come in from a different entrance and they free Ashley. She's, she's, I like this actress, I guess. Oh, she's good. <laughs> she's good. She is. She's got a lot of emotion. Oh, and like a lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tears, like. Yeah, she's she's so upset, and they're trying to get information from her. Like, where did they go? And she just says they ran, and so Sam and Dean kind of flank her, and they lead her back through the cabin. But from the rafters, Josh jumps down. He drops between them, and they immediately break out into a fight. Yeah, yeah. Josh takes on Dean. Ashley backs herself against the wall, and Sam is attacked from behind by uh, Andy. Andy. Yes. So there's a quick and, like, high-action fight happening right now. And essentially, Josh pins Dean against a wall, and Dean notices this antler rack on display above him so dean pushes for enough space that he can grab this he smashes josh with it um they get thrown into a table and initially dean has josh pinned down but then josh manages to turn the tables (laughs) and then has dean pinned to the ground 
And meanwhile, Andy and Sam are likewise throwing themselves over furniture and Andy gets Sam disarmed. The gun goes um, someplace that Sam can't reach, but Andy instead picks it up and points it at Sam. Very threatening, like. Yeah, yeah. Sam is hands up. Andy is distracted by the fight, the ongoing fight between Josh and Dean. Um, but he does have Sam on, at gunpoint. And this is where I am so, so sure that Andy is going to shoot Sam. I know. That hero buff, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I I really thought that it was going to happen. And and it was a very high-tension moment. And it was also one of our first high-tension moments um, involving the brothers with the season 15 where yeah. we're, okay, this is season 15. We don't have that hero buff anymore. Yeah, like, they haven't felt this vulnerable this season, really. Like, the stakes have been high, but they haven't been intimate if that makes sense yeah i mean we haven't we, we really haven't had sam and dean put directly in harm's way um other than you know a few ghost fights and like even when janet had her gun pointed <laughs> at sam in the last episode you didn't feel like it was with intention to kill whereas here the way andy's whole body language was his yeah level of emotion was so high and fraught that you just felt like this fucker could pull the trigger like he yeah, feels no. erratic that's exactly it there was something about this scene this this character this situation where i was very sure that andy was going to pull that trigger yeah and and he does yeah but... sure enough we hear that fire off mm, yeah but <sighs> not but it's a bullet not for sam uh, but Andy here has shot Josh. Yeah. His brother. And and Josh drops his chokehold on Dean and falls dead. Yeah. Andy had yelled at his brother during the fight, but Josh just wasn't giving up. He was still trying to strangle Dean. And so Andy ends up killing Josh. And with tears in his eyes... He's aiming at Sam, then at Dean, and he enters in his own monologue. Yeah, he's he says, he was my brother, and he promised, but he was never going to stop. And he turned into a monster, and then shakily, he says, mm-hmm. and now I'm a monster too. He turns the gun on himself, and he shoots! Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. He, he had, yeah. like... Billy Whitman vibes from last episode. Yeah. You know, because Billy was saying, like, look at what we've done. I'm a monster. I can't... Like, there's so much talk about monsters and what makes a monster. Who is a monster? And it's coming from these empathetic versions of our villains. It's very interesting. We talked about the gray spaces in mm-hmm. these these monsters and these villains and now we have two routine can you hear the finger quotes <laughs> routine cases that turned out to be anything but we have Andy 
who would rather die than become the monster that he saw his brother succumb to. And he kills himself. And then we have everyone in the room confused as fuck. Yeah. And in Ashley's case, like, one million percent done. Yes, yes. She she just watched two men die. She's she's out of here. She yeah. tries to walk away, and Dean touches her shoulder to say, hey, are you okay? She, she flinches. Just, yeah, she flinches away from Dean, only to trip over one of the mounts that had previously been on the wall, and she falls back into these antlers. Yeah. And the antler rack punctures her. We see it go clean through. And oh my god. Like. Oh my god. I was like, hero debuff. This is the buff. It's gone. Like It's gone. Yeah. Exactly. That was my first reaction. And you could see oh. Sam and Dean too both being like in a breathless way like, what? What? I... I- Oh my god. So so when when Andy killed himself, we had both Sam and Dean. What? And then Ashley wants to walk away, but she f- trips and falls and dies. And it's another What? What? Yeah, what what just happened? What did we just see? Yeah, but it is it was so it was so good. It was so good. It was it's so real. So it was so good. Yeah. Like, it honestly felt like this huge snap to the routine. Like, as much as yeah. Andy's behavior was a break from expectations, this one completely turns the show on its head. You know? Yeah. Our heroes don't see the victims die this way. There Our victims live, and our heroes get a sense of satisfaction and reward for a job well done. This doesn't happen. Oh, my God. I, 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 I love that you use the word breathy, because it's the exact word that I used in my own notes. <laughs> I was, it, it's just so breathy, so real. What? I'm compromised. How? This this is a lot. Like, that that single word from Dean is something that will haunt me. Oh, I for, know. For weeks. That I know delivery. It, will. it it that moment of just it was so silent. It was so abrupt. It was so unexpected. It turned their expectations, our expectations on its head. I I I really it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. And like, considering how deeply it felt like Sam and Dean were going through the motions. Well, this moment right here, you guys might have been going, well, it's weird. Okay, that's weird, but we're fine. Well, right now you got the bucket of ice water dumped on your head. You have woken up. What the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? And then, and then. And then. And then, and then, like raise my arms to the heavens. Holy fuck! This is what comes next. Uh, <laughs> so, like, it was so good when we thought it was the one thing, but then it becomes in a moment, in a blink. It, I mean, this is the defining moment of the episode. Obviously, oh yeah, when she fell, when she died. It 
totally subverted our expectations. It, it it was that bucket of ice water. And then, and then, the f- fucking five seconds later, they do it again. Yeah. We take another left turn. You, we step back from that bucket that we just got and we're <laughs> like, okay, we pivot in place. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to grab a towel. Second bucket of ice water. What the fuck? No one exactly. expects it. <laughs> exactly. So, so Ashley pierced through, dead on the ground, blinks, breathes, and says, well, this is a bitch. <sighs> she sits up, stands up, and says, oh, hi, guys. And it's Lilith. Yeah. She is just chagrined by what's happened she goes, and I was doing so well, too, and forces the antlers out of her body and, oh, Sam, you don't remember little old me? And it's this beat, this disbelief, and then Dean goes, Lilith? And holy fuck, what a pull. What a pull. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll have I'll have more to say about I mean, like what a pool in the moment. Oh my god. What a pool. We cut to commercial. Mm-hmm. Basically on her name. Like, hi. Guess I'm who's li- back? Yeah. It's Lilith. Yeah. Yeah. And then commercial. Now I I have opinions on how they played Lilith or why. I, I Spoilers, I just- not spoilers. We're gonna fight. Oh, we're gonna, oh my god! I'm just like my my biggest question is why is it Lilith? So, I we'll have answers. I uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we'll get yeah, there. We'll yeah, get there. Yeah. Right it's now, Lilith. It's Lilith. Yes. And we're like, how the fuck did you get here? Mm-hmm. And essentially, she was dead in the empty till Chuck called her up and gave her a script. She's gonna be the victim seduce dean but oh well that's not happening anymore right and she's not here to kill them you know how he is this whole thing has been easy and stupid and like we're we're spiraling we're reeling what the fuck yes what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck so first first no but wait you're dead uh, well, I was. I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, how does the empty feel about that? Hmm? Mm-hmm. And, and but, like, that's, Chuck, that's a good question. Like, we've seen in the past, Chuck will just pluck Cass back, resurrect him, just, like, at True. the end of four going into five. You know? So Chuck yeah, she... does have a bit of pull, I would say, when yeah. it comes to what he wants with someone who's dead yeah yeah i mean i was thinking of you know, um i was thinking of you know cast awake in the empty and how the entity uh, um uh reacted to that i'm thinking about jack and how he went to heaven but the empty felt a sense of you mm-hmm. know um entitlement entitlement to that soul and 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 the entity wanted wanted jack but again did he really want Jack or did he just want to stick it to Cass? So I say he, but they, yeah. uh, it did, did the entity, you know, actually want Jack or did it just want to stick it to Cass? 
And then I started thinking about how Lucifer, we know Lucifer to be awake in the empty. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. I, mm, Yeah, mm. because when she says the boss, it's Sam yeah. who goes, Lucifer? And then, no, you know, it's Chuck. Yeah, yeah. So so it's Chuck. Um, and then Lilith starts setting out the story, right? I was going to, you know. Uh, survive the attack, play the victim, seduce Dean. Um, and then she had that moment of just a check-in. Obviously, that's not happening now. That's not going to... No? No? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> Dean's face at this is just like, what? What? Well, the second that she said seduce Dean, I was like, <gasps> no! Be- because, like... Yeah, obviously that's the vibe we've been getting this episode, right? Like, uh, I'm oh. like zero percent. That's the vibe. I know, right? And like, that's the point. That's the point. I'm with you on that. But uh, she says, "Yeah, you, you, uh, you know, I had, I had to guide you here so that you could see the brothers, you know, die in such a tragic manner." Uh, and you know, now, now we're here, so. What's up? Yeah. And she's not here to kill them. She wants the gun. And Dean's like the equalizer. And she has this <laughs> amazing line where she just is kind of rolling her eyes. Because I'm not calling it that. <laughs> it's amazing. This actress. Can we talk about how this actress just like did a complete 180 and how I loved her? So good. And like... If Lilith is a recurring character in this season, they picked a damn good actress to play her. I I think we'll see her again, and I love her. I oh have, my god, I love her. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Okay. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Dean is denying, no, we're not giving you the gun. So, she uses her powers to threaten them a bit. And yeah. Sam takes out the demon blade. And Dean pulls out an angel blade, and she's kind of like, oh, you upgraded. Mm -hmm. And Dean goes, lady, you have no idea. And I'm like, slaps my leggy. Yes! (laughs) And and they try to come at her, but she, in a single power blast, blasts them both away. Um, And Sam immediately goes unconscious. Yes. Well, (laughs) all those concussions for all of those years. But Dean, he recovers and he swears her off from going after Sam by promising that he'll show her where the gun is. And if he's lying, then she can't kill him, but she'll just make him wish he was dead. And you know, Lilith, she will definitely be able to follow through on that. So, deal. Yeah, I like that deal line. Mm -hmm. It was a good it was a good callback, too. To mm-hmm. earlier seasons. Yes. And so since Sam is out cold, we get another dream vision question mark thing mm-hmm. right here. And we're back in the bunker. We're at the top of the balcony to the entrance of the war room. And Sam is getting his ass kicked <laughs> by Demon Dean. Demon Dean. That black v-neck, a red overshirt. This is season 10, episode 3, and we have Demon Dean in the bunker. 
Sam gets fucking kicked through the flimsiest banister to ever exist. I was like, and- that was not wrought iron at that point. It was balsa wood. <laughs> And he falls to the war table. Like you said, he is just getting a beat down. He gets pinned to the wall and Dean uh, brings out the first blade and slides it home into Sam's chest. Yep. Yeah. And like with a bit of relish to it too, like a shh, it's okay oh type facial expression on Demon Dean's face. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Sam's dead. And he wakes up and he is alone in the cabin. And that's never good. Yeah. Yeah. He's alone. He goes outside and the Impala is gone, but he sees that trusty blue p- uh, pickup truck. It's not the yeah. pickup truck. Is that, yeah. th- that's a word? Pickup truck? Pickup truck. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a thing. You did it. Okay. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. That old blue Ford pickup. Yeah. So we have an idea of what he's going to be doing. Um, in the Impala, we have Dean and Lilith is in the passenger seat and Dean's asking mm-hmm. her why. Yeah. She gives a flippant response in because of the three potential vessels, Ashley had the best hair. And I'm like, false. Pigtails had the best hair. <laughs> Would I forgive you? And And Dean's just like, no, no, no. Like, why (laughs) are you doing this? Even though it's stupid. Like, you've said yourself. You've said yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is stupid. And she's like, well, it is. But, you know. Well, she lays it flat out there. She's like, I don't want to be here. I died for what I wanted most. And then you and your brother screwed that up. And Dean's like, well, no, that was God too, wasn't it? And she's like, yeah, but I can't kick his ass. So (laughs) you two are the best ones that I got right now. Sam and Dean will do for her wrath. Yeah, you're the next best, you know. I'll I'll take my kicks where I can get them because because I got resurrected by God. And like, what the fuck else was I going to do? I had to sit there and listen to his, you know, grand plan. Yeah, his writing philosophy, she called it. Right, right. And his very weird, very pervy obsession with you speaking directly to Dean about Dean, which I have so many thoughts. I mean, so many meta. It's so fucking meta. I mean. Well, and I'm like, is the you the royal you, like you and your brother, or is it just straight up Dean? Like, I, I, okay, well, it can be interpreted as the royal you the winchesters his pervy obsession with you guys like fine but but i have said before i will say again i think that we've moved away from it so maybe i won't say again but i have said before that previous stories i mean we tend to suck dean's dick on these things right Uh, Sam gets left to the wayside he gets the supporting role in whatever Dean's going through in whatever Dean's going through yeah so that pervy obsession with you directed to Dean I will take that as uh some some you know lamp shading on the writing and and you know yeah we do tend to focus on Dean yeah Dean does get the driving 
narrative the action yeah yeah for for our seasons and um yeah so i i do think it was directed at dean i like that that's interesting to think about and uh she's also saying she's also casting shade at chuck himself as a writer uh, making fun of the lines that she was cast to play you know yeah the word for word things that she said that came from chuck Right, right. Don't you just wish that it was all planned out for us? Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't like that game? You didn't like bonding with me over that? And you can tell Dean is just, like, a bit of his insides are curdling with the fact that he was being open. He wasn't being 100% open. But he was trying to be the dad and bond with this girl. He did care. He, He was invested. And it was, it was also that, like, taken aback, like, what I thought was happening is not what was happening. And it was a, it is a betrayal. Yeah, I was tricked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, and this is the first, like, you know, Dean definitely didn't show this level of, of investment last case, last episode. So for him to put himself out there a little bit and then get bitten for it i mean yeah 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 he's feeling it um but 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 lilith is just making fun of her lines and the story and don't you know like chuck he's boring but he's predictable every ending will always be the same one brother killing the other yeah. Of all the ways he could end this world, he's obsessed with the one. He likes that one. And, like, that's why the werewolf brothers had to die that way. It's foreshadowing. Yes. B, we have to do uh, the subtext show on this line. And it always ends the same. One brother killing the other. Michael and Lucifer. Yeah. And talking about Cain maybe and Abel. Yeah, Cain and Abel, and talking about maybe what Chuck originally intended for the Winchesters versus that spanner in the works. Who? who You're not supposed to be here. We're making this up as we go. Yes, yes. That moment right there. Yes. That changed everything. I know, I know. I mean, I mean, uh, for Lilith to say here, one brother killing the other, that's always how it ends. I go straight to Michael and Lucifer. I mean, take the step. That was Kripke's original vision, too, that season five would end with them subverting the Michael versus Lucifer, but would still end tragically for the brothers. Yeah. So yeah. thinking of that both as Kripke's original ending and the way that Chuck intended their story to go, these two layers are giving us a lot of insight into the way the show is now portraying not only the ending that Chuck in the story intends to have, but also our current writers, our non-Kripke, our Dab era writers intend to have the story end. Yeah. Yeah. And I can talk for a year on that negative space where Cass should be in this in the story and and Cass's influence on 
the the road so far. Yeah. And the infamous spanner in the works. Oh, the subtext show. We have to do it, please. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. In this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in this episode. Yes. In this episode, Dean and Lilith are now at the motel room. And fucking, again, Lilith poking at the script that she was given going, now show me that big gun. And oh my God. Dean just goes, am I bad? I didn't bring it. I'm so silly of me to come back all this way. And yeah. Lilith gets philosophical with her <laughs> with her <laughs> philosophy major here and is basically like, have you heard of a death by a thousand cuts? Because that's what I'm going to do to you. Yeah. Yeah. She starts in on, you know, cut, tell me where it is, cut, you can't keep this up forever, but Dean doesn't have to because Sam bursts through the, through the motel door. Yeah, and with zero hesitation, he shoots her with a special devil's trap bullet, and for yeah. the moment, she's like, what the fuck, because she can't move, and I we loved get her, what? <sighs> it was really good, and, and Sam, all deserved smugness says devil's trap bullet we upgraded yes and again that bit there i we're gonna be talking about this a lot oh yeah the whole oh right <laughs> oh right oh oh right yeah then versus now okay yes. I get it. yeah yes. <laughs> so they have her pinned in place for the moment and they're trying to interrogate her, but she just isn't going to say where God is because she doesn't give a fuck. They're like, well, we, we'll just kill you. And she's like, no, no, no. I died because I let you kill me. That's not yes. happening anymore. And her eyes go white again and she starts rocking her power through the room <laughs> and she's forcing the bullet out and they just skedaddle. Oh my god, Sam, you are literally holding the demon blade. Stab her! I don't think it would be enough, would it? It would, yeah. No. Why not? Well, it it wasn't enough for Abaddon, was it? You're right. Like, that's the thing. Oh no, you're right. I don't think it would have been enough. Okay, accepted. Yeah. And it's... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) okay. Thank you. Thank you. They leave the room real quick. They're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? We got to do something. But Lilith is on them right away in the parking lot. She freezes them and is just like, how do you like them apples? Like, <laughs> Right. And with her captive audience, she is Sherlock's homesing. Well, okay. So it wouldn't be back home because you guys would want to be armed. And it's not in the room because you guys didn't stop to grab it. And there's only one place left. So she goes to check out the Impala. And sure enough, she locates the gun in the glove compartment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Half of my notes for the past 15 minutes is, oh, my God, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is just so much nuance in the way that she's acting. And it's so good. And I really do like her. Now, I will say that I don't necessarily like her for Lilith. Is this where we're going to get into This it? is where we're going to fight, yeah. Okay. This is where we're going to fight. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've had a lot of, of Ashley 
and and she's fantastic. I'm not jiving with her as Lilith as a character. Okay, so how do you see Lilith and where is it kind of brushing up against the way this Ashley slash Lilith is? I think I think what it is is that when we cast a new actor or actress in a role that you know was so we had Lilith right 10 years ago we had Lilith and here we have a new actress playing this character and when you do that you have to be so careful not to lose the voice of the Mm -hmm. character because that's all that is that's the thread yeah that's the thread you have to carry it through no matter who the vessel is you you have to keep consistent with who Lilith is now, when we went from three season three to season four, and we went from like, like a legitimately intimidating and terrifying and formidable opponent in in this Lucifer's first, this child demon who acted as a child and and acted with the whims of a child and was actually scary and then we went to season four and she was this this seductress of a of a of a demon who wanted i don't know i don't know what she wanted i stopped paying attention because i was mad because we broke lilith so i and see this is where i'm like okay we're gonna fight because i'm like yeah i don't see how they broke lilith doing that because my perception of lilith is she was never the little girl she was the performer she when she was in the when she was possessing the little girl she was reveling in the fact that she was pretending to be this child and obligating the people around this child to still behave that way towards her like oh no we love you sweetie and like what happened to freckles oh freckles was bad and like the mean (laughs) babysitter like like all of this stuff was to me i'm like adult lilith being like this is gonna fuck with their heads so lilith to me as a character is someone who loves to perform and loves to deviate from the expectation that was put on her Based off of her vessel. Crap. <laughs> Baby. Like that, that's who she is to me. Because when we had that final showdown between her and Sam, she was like, he threw her across the room. She smacked her head. She was pinned up against that altar. And she's laughing at him. And she's teasing him. And she's she's putting on a show. Oh, no, I'm mad at you. Because you're right. <laughs> Uh, I, okay, I have two things that would break your theory, but I like your theory. Okay, let's hear. And that's good. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just like, (laughs) I realized that what I said was, okay, you've impressed me, good job. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, I needed to hear the golf club. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, so... Where that's not really how I read her is in 
at the end, at the finale of season three, when she um, possessed Ruby, um, she was still that very childlike personality, even though she was in a different vessel. Um, so that's one thing where I'm like, oh, okay, so Lilith really is, you know, she prefers the children. We saw her in three different children. And that's... Three? This is, yeah, yeah, with with Bella, with uh, the blonde girl, and with the child that came in to uh, kill Hendrickson and company. Mm. And I think, was there one more? Oh, no, 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 no. Hendrickson and company was the first introduction of Lilith. Okay. <laughs> um, but she also, you know, approached Bella as a child. So... So then when we, when we did that, when we did have a new vessel for her in season four, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like how she was like. uh, Upgraded so that she was legal. Yeah. Upgraded so that she was legal so that she could, you know, try to seduce Sam. And then that was her whole character, like hyper-focused on Sam. and And like, that's super valid because you have a really interesting take on this demon being this childlike figure and it feels like a pivot to now put her in an adult body that is okay to kill. You know, the visuals are going to be there. It's going to be fine. And because we're still early era, she's going to be a potential love interest or like a sexual intrigue for our characters. Right. And I yeah. think, like, all of those critiques, I'm there for it. And then here in this current reincarnation of Lilith, I I think where I'm sitting is that it's been 10 years since we've even thought about Lilith. And to bring her back as not Lilith? Like, she reads more as a Meg or a Ruby to me. And, 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 and that makes me think like, okay, Supernatural, you have one setting for your female demons and it's snarky and quasi likable. I'm, I'm going back to my Lilith is a performer. Yeah. Like she likes to be deceptive. She likes having that level because her whole thing with when she came back is she had only one ally who knew her actual plan. And together they were going to manipulate Sam into the place where he was. So that is something that I can see as being very inherent to her character. And for her current mood, I'm like, sitting in her shoes, she was dead. And then she's woken <laughs> up by God. And then God sits her down for a PowerPoint presentation about his writing philosophy. And she's like... <laughs> Oh, so my whole grand plan to bring back Lucifer and all of that shit was, like, orchestrated by you. So she's immediately like, fuck this guy. Taking my autonomy away, basically putting me in this role. And not only that, but now giving me a new script that I have to follow through for these fuckos who killed me the first time. Like, all of this to me is just this bubbling resentment that would come, like, God, you weren't here for the first time round. You were letting this shit happen. But you were, oh no, yeah. you're behind the curtains. And you were letting me take credit for the shit you were putting me up to do. Like, 
all of that to me on like, I would be a bitch. I would be a snarky asshole towards everything involved with Chuck because it's just so invalidating to have that happen. Right. And this is, well, this is where I'm hashtag B is right because, <laughs> and, and mad about it because, because that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's, um, I, I really, I didn't consider Lilith is a performer who can, she's just deceptive fit into and i'm thinking of ashley lilith in the impala with dean and how she just took a breath and put on that ashley mask to say don't don't wouldn't it just be nice if it was all just planned out for us and she she is fucking killing it yeah and relishing that role and any role that she's given to play. So, yeah, fuck. Okay. And, like, <laughs> another point in favor of it being Lilith in this role is, like she said, I let you kill me before. That's not oh, yeah. happening again. And how did Sam kill her the first time? Those With jugs and jugs blood. of demon blood. Yeah. And what visions did we see of Sam that don't clearly line up with any timeline? The one with the demon blood. Yeah, in the bunker (laughs) with bearded Dean. It just, it raises questions for me. Do you think that there's more to the demon blood and boy king sam and the and the visions i am saying a i'm very biased towards that storyline yes and so (laughs) cookie crumbs i'm there for it and b mm -hmm. chuck pulling from early seasons that's that's core that's foundational level shit that sam went through yeah and to have lilith back on the board to me, dovetails with demon blood, Sam. Okay. All right. So all I'm, right, I'm curious right. because I'm like, we're jumping all over the place at this point, but oh well. The yeah. end bit here where they're like, how are we supposed to beat God? How are we supposed to fight him? How are we supposed to deal with any of this stuff? And like, well, we'll do it. And Dean going, well, Chuck wants the ending where it's brother killing brother, but that's not going to happen. Like he said it so. Yes. So blasé, like so sure of itself that there was nothing to note of it. And to me, I was just like saying it jinxes it. And with that Boy King Sam visions, I'm like, this could be the jinx. Yes, yes. Yeah. uh, Dean saying, we will protect you, I promise. Uh, Dean saying, well, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. And it's the same, same hat, same hat. And that's what I was looking at in that final final scene um, that Dean said that and Sam couldn't meet him on that level of surety because yeah. Sam knows what could have been. Yeah, he's the one seeing these visions. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would have called um, on that final scene when talking about Demon Blood Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, to me, that's why this isn't Meg. This isn't Ruby. This is Lilith. Oh, it could have been Ruby, though. What if it was Ruby? Especially with that, I was going to seduce Dean 
and and it would have been such a emotional pull on both of them like what a mind fuck for it to have been ruby i'm sorry write the I mean- coda write the coda ruby <laughs> I don't write codas. <laughs> the reason why it's not Ruby is because Ruby could die by the demon blade. You oh, know? Man. Like, Lilith has the right power scale, the right threat level, yeah, and the connotations around her. I'm, like, very, very interested to see because going back to the scene we're in right now she's holding the equalizer she holds it in front of where they're frozen in the parking lot she melts it and then they have oh fuck faces and she just goes well that was fun bye like see See you you soon she says see you soon yeah yeah and so she's gone she's still on the board i know and she takes the equalizer off the board yes and i'm like thank you honestly that was a relief to me i don't want it on the board yeah, no, uh, it, 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 it's um, boring it's, and done. Okay, who's going to die to kill God, you yeah. know? I don't for, want that. For that to have been an option available yes. to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. now, now we, ha- we are being told again on this like so meta level on these episodes so far, we're being told, okay, it's not going to be the self-sacrificing ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We took the equalizer away. And beyond that, we're being told what the end game is, right? Mm-hmm. Brother killing brother. We know what Chuck wants. We know what Chuck is going to be trying to drive the brothers towards. Yeah, he's going to herd them down this chute. Right, right. And and even on a whole nother level, now Sam and Dean know it too. But I, I think that they're still going to reach that point. This is like fucking episode 19 speculation but (laughs) they're going i think that they i think that um they need to deny yeah chuck his ending yeah yeah we're being told here in episode five this is where we're going i think we are going to get there in some way um i'm with you there but the but but sam or dean will deny chuck that ending yeah explicitly Yeah. yeah Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. This actress, this Lilith, I love her so much. And, and we have Lilith exiting stage left. Yes. Lilith vanishes. The boys are feeling mighty boned. And so we return to the bunker. They're in the library. They have alcohol within (laughs) arm's reach. And Sam is leaving messages for Cass regarding God and Lilith being back. Oh, my God. And this is where Dean just casually walks by. Like, oh, is that Cass? Yeah, straight to voicemail. Oh, well, you know, we we, we told him about, we left him a message about Chuck and Lilith. What else are we going to do? Yeah, that's all we can do. So, oh, well. Oh, my God. That level of, that, okay, so. That informs me of two things. That level of, I don't want to say misinformation, but... But that front? Yeah, yeah, that front that Dean's putting up. It is telling me that, no, Dean has not told Sam a single thing about why Cass left or 
that oh. conversation is still between just Dean and Cass at this point. Yeah. And two, it's that Dean is, I don't know. I was, I was gonna initially, I, I was gonna say still angry and feeling justified in his anger on letting Cass go or not needing or wanting Cass to be there. But I think it's really more on Dean not really taking onus on his role in Cass leaving. Yeah. I can feel that. Like, it's just, oh, he's not answering, so whatever comes his way is his fault. I mean, that, that, that's a level of, I don't know, that's a little too... Self-delusion. Too disengaged for me. To I, I would say with. I was flippant saying that, but I feel like there's a kernel of that there. Like, well, Sam's doing all this reaching out and he's not responding, so... What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to chase this guy down? Like, I can see there being a bit of that logic behind the yeah. response he's giving about not being able to reach Cass. Oh, yeah, yeah. D- Dean is not yet feeling that negative space. I or guess. he's not allowing himself I don't to. No, I can't. I don't know. What is, what is life? What are emotions? I'm like, this is so much energy to spend on this one line. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I'm I I am feeling Cass's absence. I don't yes. think that Dean is connecting to Cass's absence quite yet. Yeah. And whether that is for sheer informed detachment or just a blind front right now mm-hmm. is to be determined. Yes. Yeah. But Dean does sit down and he's talking about Chuck and just saying he was supposed to be gone. Like, they're still stuck. They yeah. Knowing that Lilith came back, well, that just tells them that anybody could return. And yeah. they're trying to go, like, what's what's the end game here? What's the plan? Yeah, Dean's saying, what? I mean, what is God going to do? Just throw our greatest hits at us? I mean, Sam just is not understanding what god's thought processes are he says why doesn't he just kill us and it's why? dean who's got the insight to it yeah because yeah. of his conversation with lilith yeah sam says why doesn't he just kill us already and dean says well that's no that's not how his story ends that's not what he wants what he wants is either you kill me or I kill you. But he, that's the ending that he wants. Yeah. And like we already touched base on, Dean goes, no, that's not going to happen. Uh-huh. And with that information, you see Sam's wheels are kind of clicking. And he realizes that these dreams he's been having, these weird dreams, they all tie into that brother versus brother theme. And yeah. so if that is the case, and if that's what Chuck's doing, then could he be seeing variants of Chuck's endings because of this God wound that they share? Right, right. I, I 
so when Sam first says, well, but Dean, my dreams, my visions or, you know, visions I pinged (laughs) on real fucking hard back on that, you know, demon blood, psychic powers, Sam. Uh, But he's saying the the visions that I've been having, they it all ends the same way. Exactly that. And Dean has this beautiful moment of just this beat and I'm sorry, you're just telling me this now? Mm-hmm. Cause like talking about old patterns in the initial part of this episode where, oh, bad dreams and Dean's kind of prying to try and find out more and yeah. Sam's not giving it to him. Like, that's the oldest trick in the book between these two, which is one or the other not revealing to the other these dire secrets that they're holding on to. Yeah. And so... But, but Sam is saying... Sorry. Did you? Sorry. Did you? Well, just that the beginning of the episode is kind of setting us up for more of the same and the end of the episode we're seeing they've grown they've upgraded the truths are coming out and they're sharing these things again yeah yeah and in sam's defense sam is saying well i just thought that they were nightmares i thought it was some sort of messed up ptsd of all the tragedies that have been laid out for us through all of our years and I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I thought what Mariah said, where it's like, Sam, a connoisseur of PTSD, <laughs> just thought it was a new, exciting flavor he hasn't sampled before. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. I, it's just Because these are all things that he experienced, and it's all these worst-case scenarios on these what-ifs, how could our story have ended, and these are totally plausible, and except for the first one, but yeah, that was last episode, so. uh, And uh, I have, like, the biggest eyes towards it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And Sam is saying, like, I, I don't know... I thought that it could have just been bad dreams, but, but, yeah, what if I am seeing into Chuck's endings? What if I am quite literally connected to God and I now have this insight on what Chuck is planning? And this is, of course, insta-validation to everything that we've been theorizing on that bullet wound from mm-hmm. episode one. From episode 20 of last season. Yeah. What does this quantum link mean? Yeah. So. We have this entangling going on between yeah. Sam and Chuck because of the God wound. Yes. So this is something definitely that we're going to be, have, we're going to have eyes on here moving forward absolutely and with that information it still is the question like what are we going to do and dean's just lamenting the fact that they're no longer free there's no plan they can move forward with the gun's gone and so what do they just run until they die or till they get boring and like okay story's over because i'm done with you there's such a threat of that loss of control to their lives. Yeah. Both Jared and Jensen here are playing this 
so good so good right yeah because it could be so cheesy it could be just like a melodramatic thing and they have both grounded it with this somber severity yeah yeah when dean says this was supposed to be over we were supposed to be free it just rips my heart out because we see Dean just sagging and and it's just and, and and it's sagging under the realization that they are not free they won't be free and the only options available to them are run until they die or keep going until they get boring and Chuck is no longer entertained by their antics. Like, what kind of existence is that? Yeah, because they have threat either by playing along and dying or by fighting the script and irritating the script writer to the point where they just kill you off. They now have such an operation game where they can't touch either sides of the walls without being put in these dire threats and like how are you supposed to live under those conditions i can't even look at a vid at the board game of operation without getting stressed out (laughs) and now imagining like the metaphorical life you have to live oh no thanks yeah i mean sam after after dean says his piece sam says or we fight and dean can't he can't I mean, how do you, it, it just a does not compute. Dean says, uh, it's God. How do we fight God? Like, he's trying to get Sam to understand. Like, like this, this is the scope. Is God. What are and we supposed to do? And he's coming can't. for us. Oh, my God. And you know what? That's the thing. This is the scope. And we feel it. We, the viewer, we feel it. And like you said, it could have fallen short. But it didn't. No. And just kudos to to our actors. On yes. That. Yes. So many congratulations. They took what could easily be melodrama and made it drama. Oh my god. Oh my god. And yeah, this whole energy ends with the camera panning back and we have the shot of the library and we see the curtains on either side framing the shot. Oh my god. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Why did Richard Spate Jr. do this to us? I I just can't get over Dean's Sam. He's he's trying so hard to get Sam to understand like this is god. Yeah, like, we we are but ants towards his magnifying glass. Like, how the fuck do we move that off of us? What do we have that fits on that same level of grandeur, that same scale? Yeah. And they have nothing right now. They have nothing. No. In this last scene, Sam's stutter, hashtag relatable. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Thanks for sticking with me. (laughs) Remy is so endearing. I will tell you that as many times as you need to hear. (laughs) And Dean, also, yellow is not your color. So (laughs) I was like, what is this shirt? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I dig mustard yellow. I've just never seen it on him. 
not i don't not on dean i'm like tell me what the color what what it means because i spent all my brain cells figuring out lilith i didn't figure out what the symbolism was here (laughs) what the mustard yellow shirt was for it's cowardice is that like what is it is it defeat is it dean showing his belly like (laughs) um i just think it's i just you're just like, I go. <laughs> a, a weird, a weird wardrobe choice. Someone's going to have information for me to process on it. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, hey. The next episode is called Golden Time. So, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. is that something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the butterfly meme. Is this a meta? <laughs> I'm just sitting here like Gold. grinning. I'm like... I got nothing to say. I just have a face for radio right now. So, 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 so that was episode five. B, what what did you you take away from episode five? I am just so fascinated by how we are looking at the mirrors, that we're looking at the parallels in the show. I really liked having the tail end of this episode be lampshading what came in the first half of it and i'm still processing how i feel about our characters having opinions on chuck because it's a fairly new revelation and i'm interested to see what it looks like moving forward but as a whole i would say my takeaway is just the way that lilith brought a mirror to the mirrors that we see and has really given us the all the colors in the crayon box to go, yeah, that meta, let's look at it. Because I'm like, what meta was there to talk about in the tale of it other than, oh, what we didn't even talk about, the whole fact that they've upgraded compared to what Chuck seems to still think of them. We didn't even talk about uh, what level of of control Chuck has over the story. Yeah, like uh, uh, we'll have to we'll have to get in on it at some point. But yeah, but uh, again, it's a big big question: yeah. who and what is Chuck controlling at any given time? I think it's much more limited than than. It seems to be the consensus. Yeah. But I want to see what you think about that. I think my long and short of it would be that he sets up the board around characters in an attempt to funnel them into yeah. one decision-making process. But that decision-making process is still left to the individuals to decide. Yes. I, yeah, that's where, that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah. And the Chuck that we had in the earlier seasons had as much time and space as he needed to lay things out perfectly. And the Chuck that we have now is writing in reactionary mode. Like, he's the picture of Tom the cat laying the railroad Mm -hmm. track directly in front of the train that 
is he's riding on. Like, that's what Chuck's writing right now is like. It's just reactionary. It's frantic. And it is just slapdashing together whatever is needed to move the characters forward. He's not hiding the scaffolding right now because he just doesn't have the bandwidth to do it. I think that Lilith revealed a lot on that that I haven't really seen people talking about. But when she first revealed herself and said, yeah, this was my role in things. I was supposed to play the victim. I was supposed to do this, do that. Make sure that you saw these brothers kill each other. These brothers who had killed three before... Well, five. I came in. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Kill, yeah, yeah. The, the This case that was already on the Winchester's radar and, before Ashley was manipulated into place. Yeah. To bring them where they Yeah, because I just moved back, like... Yeah, so so it, it, and that's where that's where I'm at. It, it, I, that's where I agree with you in that we have Chuck uh, still directing the show, but he's not controlling the characters. So no, no, and and th- these episodes, these these past couple of episodes have been so so heavy with meta, mm-hmm. like so heavy with meta. We can't even scratch the surface of it. Yeah, they have like eight subtext shows to themselves. It's it's a lot and it's I just hope that we don't let it take over our entire narrative because I'm at this point at episode 5 kind of reaching the point where I'm like, "Okay, we're talking at we're constantly talking at a higher level of what is being said and like my brain is tired b i it's it's dense and i don't think it helps that we sit down every week and talk about it for like four hours (laughs) but the way that this finale is set up like they they don't really have any choice but to really rebel against the fact that the characters are in a story. Like, mm-hmm. w- we have Sam and Dean learning that they are characters in a story and loathing this fact while they are still characters in a story that we watch in the final season. Like, yeah. we have this parallel going on and i think it would be very difficult to escape that parallel but i do agree that it's a heavy meta burden to carry between episodes and it would be nice to be able to relax and kind of let that down and have us move forward from what's chuck controlling what's not to just straight up okay chuck's controlling this and what are we doing about it yeah, that's exactly it. I just, I don't want to go through our entire final season thinking, okay, well, what's what's our characters and what's not our characters? And I just want our characters to be our characters. And I just want Supernatural. I want, I want some happy fun times. 
Mm -hmm. And I will say, watching the episodes, not knowing the future episodes, has the additional eight different what ifs that you could be carrying with what does this mean? Uh Whereas when we do reach May 18th and we watch the last episode, then rewatching this season is going to have a completely different take. And we can probably feel more like. Exactly. Okay. We now can sense this is when the characters were our characters and this is when Chuck was dipping his fingers in the pot. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. So, Remy, so. what's your final takeaway? <laughs> I think that my final takeaway is simply that this is the episode that Chuck has revealed himself. Yeah. Uh, the, our characters now know, we as the viewer have, of course, known for a while that, you know, Chuck is not as gone as as Sam and Dean have thought. Yeah. Like Sam and Dean are not as free as they would have wanted. It's not over. Their relief is coming from a false ending that they're not aware is false. Yeah. Yeah. And now we know that we're just going to be throwing the greatest hits at the Winchesters. As, as Dean said... Chuck is going to throw their greatest hits at them until until they get tired or they get boring. Mm-hmm. And and that's the rest of and, and Sam says, but we're gonna fight it. No matter what, we're gonna fight it. And Dean doesn't seem too tired to agree in the moment, but this is this is where we're at and this is where we're going to be going. This is the episode where we are being told that Chuck still, you know, limited as he is, he still has his parlor tricks and he, he is an active player in the manipulation of Sam and Dean. Yeah. He can still raise the stakes. He still is the looming threat that they thought they had forgotten. Yep. Yep. Heavy, heavy shit. And like in a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. In a fun episode. You want to call it a fun episode? Is that what you want to do? I had fun. That whole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know how that would have picked up on the microphone. It's going to be a waveform in the shape of a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. It, it it was a fun episode. Uh, I just, I just at some level didn't think that it should have been fun. Like I'm like I don't want to be having fun. I want, <laughs> I want Lilith to be scary. I want I want these brothers to not be weird. <laughs> we don't need the Folgers energy. <laughs> the Folgers vibes. I don't want Dean to be jokey jokey when when Cass is gone. It's okay. We're going to see Cass next episode and episode 7 is when Dean needs to get his groove back and 8 mm. sounds like the suffering hour. So, yeah. Yeah. Episode yes. 5. Episode 5, y'all. Yeah, Proverbs 17:3. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of thinky thoughts this episode, and we hope you guys enjoyed hearing ours on it. 
Yes, lots of thinky thoughts. Can we have a break from the thinky thoughts? I know, (laughs) hey? It's like, can we schedule up another hiatus week just to recover (laughs) from this one? (laughs) I know. These last two. Oof. 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 Okay. Yes, that was episode five. And if you guys enjoyed, then as always, we encourage you to hit us up on Tumblr, Twitter, our website, uh, our email, anywhere that you can, anywhere that you can find us, you will see us there. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on all sorts of platforms. And so pick your flavor. Um, Yeah. That was episode five, and we uh, really enjoyed talking about it and are glad you guys are here to listen to us talk about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, we love having you guys here. <laughs> and and uh, if you enjoy our content, then we would so, so love it if you would tell a friend, hey, I'm listening to this awesome podcast. These girls are crazy and have a lot of things to say. <laughs> or, or if you've already told all of your friends about how amazing we are, then you <laughs> can go to uh, iTunes and leave us a review and tell complete strangers about how amazing we are. You can go to, you can also talk to us directly however you want to we love to hear you guys um get, give us give us any sort of message on yeah. Uh, yeah on our twitter our tumblr our email our website google us and see those 10,000 results and we are there <laughs> we and our patreon mention our patreon yes Yes, yes. We are also on Patreon. We're putting out bonus content every week for every episode. And for just a couple of dollars a month, you can get uh, many, many minutes of... Hours. (laughs) It's hours at this point. It is hours of us just, just talking our bullshit. So it's great bullshit, though. So... It's it's the freshest kind, too, because it's hot <laughs> off the press reactions to the episodes. We don't even have time to, like, really think about it. We just have time to come together and go, what? <laughs> and it's so much fun. Oh, my God. We have so much fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so. Yeah, we'll see you guys there and we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's just, it's just also the fact that there's no like fucking linear fucking progression of the absolute fuck I'm saying. Have fun with that one, B. <laughs>